Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm JW. And today we are going to talk about the conference championship games that just happened this past weekend. We had one blowout and we had one really close game. We're going to cover both of them, say who we were surprised by, who we were disappointed by. Um, And we're also going to talk about some recent head coaching decisions including the Texans hiring D'Amico Ryans, formerly the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers, and the Denver Broncos hiring Sean Payton, which involved a big trade, which they had to give a ton of picks to the Saints for Sean Payton. And we are also going to talk about the breaking news that just emerged today, which is that Tom Brady, for the second time, is retiring from football. Do we think that he's retiring for good, or is he going to change his mind again and come back again? We're going to discuss that and much more. But first, let's talk about the games this past weekend, starting with the blowout. The Philadelphia Eagles played the San Francisco 49ers. Everyone thought it was going to be an extremely entertaining game. Unfortunately, though, on their one of their first possessions, Brock Purdy hurt his throwing arm, and he could not go. Then the backup quarterback, Josh Johnson, got hurt. The 49ers did not have a QB, and for that reason, mostly the Eagles ended up blowing them out. Would you make this? Yeah, I mean, it, there's not too much you can make of this. The Eagles, like, you, if you look at the score, 31-7, it looks like they played really well. But, I mean, their offense was – they played fine. I don't I don't think anyone thinks that they had a great game. Just Jalen Hurts only threw for, like, 120 yards in this game, and they didn't really need to – the 49ers, Josh Johnson turned it over. Uh, I think Christian McCaffrey had a fumble. and uh, Or no, Debo Samuel had a fumble. And so they had three fumbles on the day. And, I mean, it, it was kind of – once Brock Purdy got out, we kind of knew that this was, you know, pretty much all but over. Yeah, and to be honest, I wasn't that impressed by the Eagles because, I mean, once you lose your starting quarterback in the NFL and once you lose your backup after that, you're really screwed. Even with Christian McCaffrey, even with Devo Samuel, even with George Kittle, if you can't throw the ball, then the Eagles can just, you know, put a ton of people in the box and there's nothing you can do. You can't move the ball offensively. And when you can't move the ball offensively, you're constantly giving the Eagles good field position. You mentioned the turnovers that played a significant role. There was also on that first drive, that Devontae Smith catch, which shouldn't have counted. And overall, you know, Honestly, I, I thought the 49ers defense played pretty well, considering that they didn't have a quarterback on the other side of the ball. And I think if Brock Purdy had played, the 49ers might have won this game. Because, I mean, I don't think the Eagles were that great. They did what they had to do. But a lot of people were praising them a ton, saying, wow, they blew this team out. But in my opinion, you know, they played well, but... They weren't fantastic. I mean, yeah, they, they only got 270 yards. And, like, you know, San Francisco, I mean, they were going three and out. They had to, you know, run Wildcat with Christian McCaffrey at quarterback and run trick plays that weren't working. They only had, like, 20 minutes time of possession. It's just, I mean, th- there wasn't really much that they could do. Absolutely. And if we look at oh, the Eagles for a second and their season more broadly, a lot of people are saying it's one of the easiest runs to a Super Bowl for any team ever. Obviously, during the regular season, 
They didn't really play many difficult games. They had that week two win against Minnesota, a few games against the Cowboys, but one was against Cooper Rush. Their division was good this year, but you wouldn't really say it has a ton of like juggernauts. The NFC is weak. And then obviously playing the New York Giants at home and then the 49ers without their quarterback. So yeah, I can see why people are saying this is one of the easiest runs to the Super Bowl. Do you do you agree it's one I mean, of the easiest? Definitely. You look at this regular season. I mean, it, we we all were talking about it throughout the regular season. I mean, one of their closest games was like Thursday night football against the Texans, and they only won by fourteen. And people were like, "Oh no, does this mean something's bad happening?" Like, I mean, this team is that they've had a pretty easy schedule. In the playoffs, they've gotten very lucky playing the Giants, who were, you know, not that good. Playing the 49ers down with their four-string quarterback getting hurt and having to put a guy back there who can't even throw. I mean, there's not really – like, I, I don't think we've ever seen a team that's that's had this easy of a run, especially NFC Championship game. Like, when's the last time a team without a quarterback played in the NFC Championship game? I don't think it's ever happened, at least not in the modern history of the NFL. But we should also not discredit that the Eagles have done a phenomenal job of building this roster. They have superstars everywhere. Jalen Hurts had a great year, even though he hasn't played great in the playoffs. He hasn't really needed to because their running game is so good. And I think we both agree it's definitely going to be a very interesting matchup against the Chiefs. So that'll be something to look forward to. But let's touch on the 49ers for a second. Brock Purdy is out for six months. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's coming back. Trey Lance is coming back. If you were the 49ers GM and if you were their coach, Kyle Shanahan, I mean, what would you do with all these quarterbacks? Do you stick with Purdy, move back to Lance, go with Garoppolo? I mean, I assume you have to trade one of these. Who would you get I mean, rid of? you got to get rid of one of them. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, his contract's coming up. I think he's still under contract this season. Okay, well, I mean, with that case, you got – I mean, you have Jimmy G, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy. I would assume that you'd want to keep at least two of them, but uh, – Okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a free agent. Okay, so – Okay, so I, get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. He can, he can walk in for agency, but then Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, like, they're both under contract, so you might as well keep them, but – I mean, we've seen Trey Lance over the past, what, three years? He really has been – I mean, he, he had a year of sitting, doing nothing. He had a year where he came in for a few games, but he kind of got hurt. This year, again, he was starting a few games to start the year, but got hurt. I mean, how can we really trust this guy to play a full season when he hasn't done it in his first three years? And then you have Brock Purdy on the other hand who, you know, we saw him at the end of the season. He was amazing until he got hurt, so – like, why not ride with him? And then in the preseason, if Trey Lance somehow comes in and wows you, maybe go with him. But I think Brock Purdy should should probably win the starting job. I, yeah, I think this should be an open quarterback competition. And whoever is just clearly the better quarterback, I think they should start. And I don't think you should trade any of them because the 49ers, for whatever reason, have so many injuries every single year. And at some point, I think we have to call it like a systemic issue within maybe their medical staff or how they're preparing for games or something's just not going right. So I was the 49ers. I agree with you. You let Jimmy Garoppolo walk and then, you know, choose one of the quarterbacks, but don't get rid of the other because if the, if the one you choose gets hurt, then you're having the same problem you just had. Yeah. So definitely they're one of the more interesting teams to look forward to.
looking at next season. Uh, let's move on now to the AFC Championship game. This one was a lot more competitive, a lot closer. The Chiefs ended up winning 23-20 to over the Cincinnati Bengals, thanks to a late Harrison Bucker field goal, immediately preceded by a unassay roughness call where Patrick Mahomes was pushed out of bounds by Joseph Asaya. Other than that, the game was pretty close. Mahomes was obviously injured, but he still played pretty well. Over 300 yards, over two touchdowns. What do you make of his performance in the win? Yeah, I mean, he showed why he's just the best QB in the NFL. As I said the week before, I knew that he was going to win this week. And, uh, you know, my prediction came out perfectly. Yeah, did you expect him to to run for a first down even with that that hobbled leg? That was pretty impressive. It, it? it was pretty impressive him hobbling over there to get the first. But, uh, you know, I, it was maybe in the cards. I, I could have seen it happening. Oh, okay. Well, I guess from my perspective, Gamma Holmes played great. But at the same time, a lot of people are, are, are talking about this, like his crowning achievement, no. beating the Bengals at home, you know, by three points. He Remember, he had that terrible fumble midway through this game. I think Yeah, that was almost going to come back. Absolutely. And a lot of people are saying this proves Mahomes is like now one of the best quarterbacks of all time or something like that. And I don't think this game is as much about Mahomes overcoming his injury, although that is a big part of the storyline. He was significantly hindered by his injury, and he did not have many weapons to throw to. I think this is more about the Bengals throwing away a chance to make back-to-back Super Bowls because two times in the fourth quarter, the Bengals got the ball with a chance to drive down the field and win the game. Both times, they couldn't get it done. Joe Burrow, he did not play particularly well in this game. Only one touchdown, had two interceptions, and those two interceptions were in the second half, and they were especially costly. So, you know, this is I think this is more about the Bengals. We really have to, instead of, focusing so much on the Chiefs and how they overcame all these obstacles. Let's just talk about the fact that the Bengals really, they should have won this game. Everything seemed to be in their favor. The Chiefs had a ton of injuries. And just if you look at the two overall rosters, I think the Bengals have the better overall roster. So really disappointed from them. I think this is Joe Burrow's first truly poor playoff game. And, you know, I don't know how they're going to be next year, but they have to be really disappointed because this was a prime opportunity. Yeah, this to was, I mean, when you have Travis Kelsey with the back injury during the week, and then you have Mahomes who's got the foot injury. I mean, these are games that you just, you need to win as a franchise. Cause I mean, you, you get this great opportunity to get yourself to another Super Bowl, become sort of like a dynasty. Uh, I mean, at least budding and like setting up that way back to back Super Bowls. And so, I mean, this, this is a tough one for the Bengals fans to swallow that you don't get this opportunity because, I mean, very soon you're going to have to be paying Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and all those guys big money. Yeah, and just this year they're going to have to decide whether they want to keep T. Higgins because he's going to be a, a a free agent next year. And if they, you know, if they don't resign him, he could leave as a free agent or they might have to trade him this year to get some compensation for him. So... You know, we don't know if the Bengals are going to be back to this game. When the Bengals lost the Super Bowl last year, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, don't worry, Joe Burrow will be back. Well, I think this was his best chance to be back. And I don't know if there's going to be another chance to get back to the Super Bowl as good as this one for a very long time. The AFC is loaded. 
a lot of great quarterbacks. As you mentioned, they're going to have to pay a lot of players. So overall, I think they really missed a huge opportunity. So next week, we are going to predict the Super Bowl, and we are going to have a special guest during our Super Bowl prediction episode. So make sure you stay tuned for that. It's going to be very exciting. We're also going to recap the season. So make sure you stay tuned next week. But before we go, we're going to touch on a few other things. First, let's talk about the recent head coaching decisions uh, and hirings, starting with the hometown Houston Texans, who just hired 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. Another defensive coach for the Houston Texans. Is Was this a good hire in your no, opinion? I think this is a top-tier hire. Uh, they're finally hiring someone who, like, other teams actually kind of wanted to hire. I mean, with David Culley and with Lovey Smith, I don't think any other team interviewed those guys. I had never even heard of David <laughs> Culley, and, you know, I probably wouldn't have heard of uh, Lovey Smith if he hadn't been the defensive coordinator for the Texans, though. I mean, he, he is at least more of a veteran guy. But D'Amico Ryans, you know, he's a young guy. He played with the Texans before. He was great uh, for those early Texans, those great defenses that they had. And, um, I mean, I think it's great bringing a guy back uh, to the city where he kind of started his NFL career. And, you know, he's been amazing with San Francisco. They had the number one defense in the league this year. And, you know, I, I think this is a great hire as long as he gets the offensive coordinator position right and, you know, can get Bryce Young and CJ Stroud in there. I think this team can make a big jump. I think you said the key thing there, which was that they need to get the offensive coordinator right. Because I agree with you that I think Miko Ryan is a great head coaching candidate. The one reservation I have is that he's a defensive head coach. And I think that now in the NFL, if you look at the teams that have had success in recent years, the common trend is that they all have offensive head coaches. Think about this year, Nick Sirianni and Andy Reid, both offensive head coaches. Last year, Zach Taylor and Sean McVay, both offensive head coaches. For the past like five years, offensive coaches are really like they're the coaches you want to have because the court league has become so quarterback centric that the best teams are the ones who are able to build around their quarterback. A defensive head coach can still be very successful. We've seen Bill Belichick in recent years win Super Bowls. Sean McDermott with the Buffalo Bills has been great, but the likelihood of that happening is much less because you have is much lower because you have to nail the offensive coordinator. If they get a genius up and coming offensive coordinator. I think this could really work, especially with a quarterback like CJ Stroud or like Bryce Young. But if not, I think the Texans are really going to struggle as they have for the past few years. So really, it's going to come down to whether they can hire a great offensive coordinator or not. Um, And now for the perhaps bigger head coaching news, Sean Payton going to the Denver Broncos. Obviously, he was still under contract with the New Orleans Saints. So the Broncos had to trade their first-round pick in this year's draft, and a few other picks for Sean Payton. He now moves to Denver. He's going to be coaching Russell Wilson, hoping to rejuvenate his career. Do you think he can get it done, or do you see this as a good hire? I mean, can he get it done? Yeah, they have Russell Wilson. They have a decent team around him, a great defense. And, I mean, Sean Payton's a veteran head coach. He's done it before with a guy like Drew Brees who I think is, is kind of similar to where Russell Wilson is. And, uh, you know, can he get it done? Yeah, but did they also get absolutely fleeced trading a first-round pick for a head coach? Yes. I mean, he 
Sean Payton is just not worth a first-round pick. When you could go hire D'Amico Ryans, you could go hire any other offensive coordinator right now, you know, some veteran head coaches on the market and not have to give up something super valuable like a first-round pick. I mean, that's this team needs to get younger, too. They're already a veteran team. They're old. They're going to have guys who they need to pay. They need younger players, and trading your first-round pick for a head coach who's like, I don't know how old he is, like 65, something like that, who's probably not going to be around for more than, I don't know, five years. It's not worth it. Yeah, and it's not like the Broncos have many picks right now because of that huge Russell Wilson trade. Their first-round pick this year is a late-round pick, the Dolphins pick, due to the Bradley Chubb trade. They don't have their own first-round pick because the Seahawks have it, the number five overall pick. And you mentioned they need young players. And overall... I'm a little apprehensive about this move because what we saw from Russell Wilson this year was absolutely terrible. If there's anyone who can turn him around, it's Sean Payton. So I think from a from a Denver Broncos ownership perspective, this was a move you kind of had to make because if you're stuck with Russell Wilson, you might as well go all out and get the best coach on the market possible to coach him. But if this doesn't pan out, you'd be overpaying for a quarterback and overpaying for a head coach and spending your basically your next few years of job capital to try to be successful. Not to mention that they're in an extremely tough division with the Chiefs who are in the Super Bowl, the Chargers who are up and coming, and the Las Vegas Raiders who are very talented as well. So I think it's a big risky move, but at the same time, it's probably a move they had to make due to the Russell Wilson trade and all the implications that that trade brought. And now finally, let's talk about the breaking news from today. Tom Brady is retiring from the NFL. At least he says he is for good. Do you think this is the end of his career or will we see him again in September? I'm not saying that I know he's going to unretire or anything like that. But I I could definitely see him pulling, you know, Brett Favre, pulling just what he did last year at about this time and unretiring. Moving to a new team. I'm not sure who it would be. You know, I said a few weeks ago that maybe the Texans, but, you know, hey, there's a lot of teams that are looking for a quarterback. What about the Jets? You know, they're a really great team, and they were terrible at quarterback this year. What about the 49ers when all five of their quarterbacks get hurt? You know, hey, there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback, and I just don't see Tom Brady having a great time in the booth as he would on the field because he can still sling it. Um, I think if I had to bet on it, I would say he's probably going to stay retired this time just because of how disastrous his decision to come back previously was. I talked about previously how he can't, like, I didn't see him retiring this year because, you know, he really lost everything in terms, like, his, he got divorced from his wife. He doesn't get to see his kids as often because of his decision to come back. But I guess now he decides maybe I can still salvage something if I retire now. Yeah, but what if it doesn't work? You know, then, hey, you know, mid-August, we could hear about teams calling him up looking for a QB. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I don't think he's coming back this time. But I could definitely see it happening, and I think you make some really good points. In either case, 
undisputably the greatest quarterback of all time. We both agree on that. Yeah, yes. Of course. Seven Super Bowls, 10 Super Bowl appearances, three MVPs, a privilege to watch him play. Sad to see him go, but maybe this isn't the end. You know, eight rings and you get every finger except for the thumbs. I think that's kind of the way to go, honestly. <laughs> maybe he's playing, you know, chess and everyone's playing checkers and he's just waiting for the 49ers to to come and try to and, and bring him there. And I don't know. He, I don't know what Alfred goes Trey on in Tom Lance, Brady's mind. Alfred Trey Lance, you know, Brock Purdy, uh, Josh Johnson, and whoever they draft in the sixth round this year all get injured. They'll call up Tom Brady as the, as the hero that the Bay Area needs. Uh, that, that would be quite a story. And that would be a fair and proper ending to an absolutely legendary NFL career. Sad to see it go this way, but to end this way, but you know, glad we got to see and witness the great Tom Brady. Maybe while he's in the Fox booth, he can kind of just put on the pads when a QB goes down, run out there onto the field. The owner signs him a check right there. <laughs> Maybe oh, that's yeah. his plan. That's why he that's, wants to do that. That's broadcasting. why he wants to get right into the thick of it, and he can be, you know, there at a moment's notice. That would that would be wild. That would be absolutely Little crazy. reverse of the Dante uh, Davis retiring at halftime. Yeah. A player unretiring at halftime. Could you imagine that? So that will do it for this episode of the Into the Huddle podcast. We did mention next week we are going to have a special guest on our end of season episode and our Super Bowl predictions. So make sure you tell all your friends to tune in next week because it's going to be absolutely amazing. It's going to be our best episode yet. Make sure you listen next week. Thanks for listening to this one and goodbye.